I like to think about how they buried Dobby on the beach and like just some British family like discovering his bloated corpse. Yeah, because like it was a very elf. shallow grave. Like they just kind of they is, just buried him and he's like in a mound. Is that what the Montauk monster is? Dobby. Is that Dobby washed yeah, up? Was washed up corpse. <laughs> In the Emerald. Back in the high quality production that and is Uncle Ted's Cabin. Eh, it's alright. Not too bad. All things considered. Uh I'm happy yeah. we did our first vlog this past weekend. Yeah, that was fun. You guys be looking out for that on the Patreon here in the next couple weeks. I got a lot of footage I have to go through. But uh we're gonna try and see if we can do like a monthly kind of thing for y'all just for some extra content. A little bit of fun, some grilling, some chilling. Some checking in. Maybe some Gundam building. Who knows? Bullshitting. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Uh, kind of a, a new medium for us. You know, do whatever, kind of do whatever we want. Uh, and I also, dude, I know you haven't watched it, but I, I tried my first, like, video game stream thing right. last night. Dude, I don't know if I'm cut out for that. Ludite. That's like... Mr. Ludite over here can't use the computer. Well, not even that. Like, <laughs> you know how people always joke, like, oh, how fucking hard is it? You just sit in front of a computer and play games. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. See, it I'm It takes autistic. a lot of gumption to do it. Yeah, and I mean, like, I'm autistic enough and have ADHD to where, like, I can always... Like, I can, I can always be spouting shit. Right. I can always be talking, but just because I'm saying a lot doesn't mean I'm really saying anything. You know what I mean? Right, like, of it, course. Yeah, it, that's, it, that's why, like, I just tend to keep my mouth shut unless I have something to say yeah. with that stuff. Because, like, half of it is, like, you feel like you're almost required to make noise. Right. Like, while it's going on, it's like, no, they're just watching the game, dude. Just play the game. Yeah, I like to... Well, when I watch, like arena players or magic players like you yeah, can't always they, they read. commentate it well you can't always read the card on the screen so i feel yeah. like you know i was streaming arena sometimes it's nice i think like you know the people i watch i like to uh, get a little play-by-play if i can't always read the action as it's going on well, it keeps you engaged yeah but yeah definitely uh, uh shine a little perspective onto you know, it's, it's it definitely takes. a lot more than just, like, sitting down and, like, fucking around. Yeah. Like, I, for, for the high-quality streamers and the people who make their, you know, living off of it and have, like, actual good personalities that you can, like, develop yeah, a like decent parasocial relationship Not with. people like fucking Hassan who just steal other people's content. He did some egregious shit recently, dog. Piker? Yeah. with the, some re You know, a lot of people on Twitch tend to, like, give react andy shit like which kind of we do on litr but at least we kind of like commentate on the video and break it up and like actually provide something yeah whereas like hassan took this one guy's video and straight up like just watched it and like you know he doubled the time on it of course because he's reacting yeah and on top of that he just kept the dude's original thumbnail and then like had his editors like put his picture over the guy in the thumbnail and, like, you could still see the dude's shirt behind him, like, the white of the guy's shirt. Like, oh they didn't even, God. like, try. And then he, like, put the dude's name in the video. And Hassan's video got, like, oh, like, I want to say several hundred thousand more views than this guy's video did. 
of Damn. the original content, you know, and he just lifted a guy's just thing. straight lifted yeah. it, and it's like it's become a huge problem now. Which is like, I guess on YouTube, people are like, oh, that's not cool, but like the ethics of like what goes on between YouTube and Twitch, like their argument is like, oh, I have to fill eight hours, you know, like I've got to do stuff like this. Yeah, but it's like you are like blatantly like biting someone's shit without even trying, well, and a and lot of Hassan's shit is him eating <clears throat> while he's just watching a video. So one of the things that was really interesting was kind of uh, gaining a little insight into like how those relationships and contracts work mm-hmm. between content creators and platforms. Uh, Steven Crowder, of all people, <laughs> had like a little blow up like Dude. a week ago or whatever. In culture stop war. Stop Big Con and all that shit, right? We're having an internal revolution within the culture war factions, dude. But uh, he was talking about, I watched some clips, and he was talking about how like, there's this whole culture narrative around, uh, you know, people on the right who are like, big tech is censoring us. And they're slapping fines on people and they're not letting certain information get out. So then I guess he came across some contracts or got some offers or whatever. And he basically exposed some of these people, the same people, uh, you know, like the Blaze and all these like big people and big establishment media companies who claim that they're on your side and oh we're right wing we're for the people we're for the for the populace and shit like that when you actually look at their contracts with content creators like they'll slap people with hundred thousand dollar fines daily for not uploading content (laughs) so like even if you get in like a car crash like you can get in a car crash be in the hospital for a week and and these companies and these platforms will fine you because I mean, you're you owned produce. by them. Yeah, because you the weren't same shit Yay was talking about too with these abusive contracts. It's right. like a lot of these people, unless somebody you know for a fact, like us, is like doing it on their own. Like they're being bought and paid for and held at gunpoint, basically. Yeah, to, used as like slave labor to to make these media moguls even more money. Well, but do you also think fifty million is a slave contract? No, no, no. Uh, not necessarily. Uh, I think there's a lot of dirty money stuff, though, that gets tied up into that. Because mm-hmm. even Shane Gillis was talking about, like, when he first got, like, his first little bit of money, mm-hmm. he was like, dude, I'm seeing paychecks and money and contracts, magnitude I've never seen before. Right. And he's like, I'm still making the same amount of money. When I look at, like, after taxes and fees, like, all this shit, like, managers take fees. Like, they might give you a cool 50 mil contract, but they snuck in there that, like, you know, this guy on the third floor is going to get 2.5%, and you don't even know his name. Right. Right? It's, like, shit like that sure. that goes on. Yeah, and it's all, like, baked into what their structure is. And I definitely don't think, like, Daily Wire is probably an up-and-up on up and up organization, you know? Like, I don't really think they're on the up-and-up up in any way. Because, uh, but I also think, like, Crowder's whole gimmick is, like, he very much planned and executed this mm-hmm. for his own brand. Like he's he's kind of I look at Crowder like in the conservative spheres, like he's like a cult leader almost, you know? Sure. Like he um the latter with Crowder people have been there with him for so long. And that's like a core audience. He's kind of traveled with him. And I think what he's done, because he did it when he got to the Blaze, I think he got it to where he got he tried to glom some of their audience and started that conflict with the Blaze via mm-hmm. leaving because he registered this stop big con website a couple days before he left the blaze. Damn. So he must've known some signaling. He, he must've he's trying to orchestrate it all. He's trying Crowder's mad because he's not sitting on the top of the con ink pile. And he wants to be on the top because if you think, if you think back him and Ben Shapiro 
Ben Sharp Peepoo, they were they were on the same level right. of fame initially. You know, he was doing spots on fucking Crowder's show and shit, and then he fucking eclipsed Crowder and yeah, left now. Crowder left Crowder in the fucking dirt. Right, right. You know, because to be fair, Crowder's kind of fucking corny, isn't he? Like he's very corny. Yeah, he's very like fake masculine. Very clearly like a theater nerd. And it's a lot of like his whole show's kind of wrapped up in bitching and moaning about how YouTube's like attacking him at all times. Like any given day of the week, personality is being is censored, being yeah. victimized and censored by YouTube or whatever big tech in general. Bro, he wears a fucking like gun harness, like a gun vest. <laughs> yeah, and he he also carries like. A cool gun if James Bond has it, but a very dorky gun if Steven Crowder has it. A yeah. fucking Walther. Like, <laughs> that's like some fucking gay nerd shit. And he, not to mention dressing up like a woman any chance he gets. Yeah. Which I don't know if it's just the Canadian in him that does that, because that's always been like, you know, kids in the hall. That's always been mm-hmm. like a Canadian bit to do the the tran- the, the cross-dressing for comedy. Sure. I mean, Monty sure. Python did it, too. It's like a very British kind of Anglo-centric style of humor. Like, I'm a woman, look! Yeah. You know, And also, he's owning the libs. But I think he kind of lost the plot, and I think the reason Daily Wire became so successful in like, things like Turning Point is because they were able to kind of capture that other side of Republican culture while still like pushing away the kind of people who would have done January sixth, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. they, they like, well, they're doing, they're doing the perfect, like country just, club kids. And, and also, yeah, that too. It's country club kids, and, but they, they figure out how to be just controversial enough without being controversial, essentially. Yeah, uh, and making it like look like the stupid kind of like Paul Joseph Watson conservatism is the new counterculture kind of shit, you know. Well, like, I think the whole thing though really comes down to like the models, yeah, the mo- the business models, which is again something that Crowder was talking about, and you know how business models need to adapt and change. But all Turning Point is is like going to colleges and filming like blue hair freakouts, yeah. like giving speeches and being like, watch Michael Knowles, absolutely pwn this fucking they them yeah and like some people get up and storm out of a lecture and he's like look at how they're censoring us it's like because some people left your talk you know and screamed on the way out <laughs> they don't agree with us so and i mean i get that and so for crowder he's more like uh he's more like a youtube cult of personality right yeah like i think uh Turning Point is like a like a content factory and they try to get like outrage reactions mm. and they like they do try to like you know shape narrative and like when they're giving these speeches they're giving like super like borderline white supremacist speeches <laughs> like Steve Bannon up there saying some like very sus stuff <laughs> yeah like you know when when they're talking about protect western culture you know what they're really saying is yeah. like come on now anytime <laughs> someone white families <laughs> yeah anytime someone drops like a western like you know like western values in there it's like we know for what the you race really for the people <laughs> like some shit like that. But yeah, for Steven Crowder, he's like just a YouTuber. And I say just a YouTuber. At the top of the show, I mentioned like it's it's not easy to like get up and do this thing and be the center of attention and like all this hate. Like he's the star of the show. There's sure. hundreds of people that help make that show happen, but he's the face, he's the fall guy. It's like a lot of responsibility, a lot of power, yada yada, all that shit. Um, but also- just the, the models are different. And, like, you're right. I think Crowder is definitely, like, just mad that he's not getting in on, like, the Smaug's cave. Yeah, he's not you know? sitting on the mound. So he, the, the only way he can lash out is to, like, double down on, like, you know, I'm doing this myself. This right. is mine. Contribute to me. Mug club well, forever. Yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of thing. He's not, and he's notoriously cheap, like, and doesn't pay his people very well also is another thing. 
Yeah, I don't know. Like I don't, he, there's I'm a just... lot. There's a, there's. A, I think there's a lot of reason. Uh, I think the conversation around their business model can be had, but I think there's a lot of reason to distrust Crowder in this instance. Yeah, just because it's like I think it's purely selfishly motivated. Well, and see, I see stuff like this happen, and I see all this drama, and I see like the politics with the money and the media yeah. and the message and who benefits from it. Get bono. And it's just like I see all this drama and bullshit happen, and it's like this is exactly why I don't participate. Yeah, like yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the reason. Yeah, true. That like true. all this fucking dumb shit and like dudes tweeting about other dudes. Like, sorry, that's, that's some gay shit. That always boggles my mind, and I always think about it. Like, I saw like um, I think there was some guy arguing with Lex Friedman, and then Jordan Peterson got involved in the middle of it. And mind you, these are like all guys who consider themselves intellectuals, and they're like fighting like schoolgirls on Twitter. Which is insane to me. Like, you'd think, like, most of these guys would be, like, above that. Or, like, let's, I don't know, let's have an actual debate or something. And it's, like, Jordan steps in. He's, like, I think Lex is a great guy and I don't understand. And then the guy, the guy just tweets back to Peterson. He goes, Peterson, you idiot. Do not get involved in this. Dude, like, I saw some Brett Weinstein tweet today that was, like, COVID dissenters on Twitter are are in physical danger. He was, like, tweeting at what Elon. What are you talking about? Like, this is some guy who's also in an ivory tower like who's also made a lot of academia money epstein connected connected ass like get yeah. the fuck out of here dude and he posted some like really nerdy shit i just was like saw it while scrolling uh a screenshot of it of him being like we're in physical danger elon please reach out blah blah, blah all this shit. i'm like dude you are acting like apoplectic. it's like defcon 10 shit yeah like apoplectic i don't i never understand that that's like and this is why the internet though this is this is why though like not the internet per se, but just these like ideologies that wrap people up get cliques exacerbated. Yeah. Like fuck on the internet, people become so self-important. Yeah. Like I hate listening to a lot of shit now. You know, like I'll throw a Crowder on just to see what the fuck he's up to. You know. Yeah. And the actually the the, the I always check in because it's funny. Yeah, and and so the fact that these people like actually take this shit seriously. And, this, and the fact that, like, people wake up and are like, I'm going to change the world with a tweet. Or, like, think that, like, Lex Friedman <laughs> thinks that, Lex Friedman <laughs> thinks that he has deep convos. You know? Yeah. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, at least we're not fooling anybody. Yeah. Like, that's, uh, <laughs> like, I don't, so, have to, I don't have to get on the internet and proclaim it from the mountains that I'm, like, the smartest guy. I'm the smartest retard in the fucking class. Yeah, you know? that's like, kind of why I feel like I've really just been withdrawing from everything as of late is just because I find it so silly. That stuff fuels yeah. me, though. I, I love that stuff. It fuels me, brother. That's lifting in the ruins. It's very funny. That's yeah, very, yeah, I love that kind of shit. It's hilarious, dude. Oh, my God. So, so today, I, I went... I got real whacked off an edible. Fuck yeah. And I went to go see the whale. Yes, I saw you posted a story about that. Dude. Okay. All right, so I'm not so going to like blow it for everybody, but like that I need to know. Is an incredible movie. This, move over Dennis the Menace. <laughs> this shit is incredible. So he actually It's like a legit Yeah. So <laughs> that's not a fat suit, right? <laughs> He actually gained all that weight for the role. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> no, he is kind of fat, though. But no, that wasn't real. He'd, he'd have actually died if he had done that. I was about to say. No, he'd have actually died. He didn't Christian bail this one, dude. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> I heard some shit that, like, yeah, Brennan Fraser's fattening up. He is for this fat. Role. 
like he is actually fat if you've seen any video- things of him recently he is fat yes but he is not that fat okay <laughs> he is not congenitive heart failure fucking like fat you he's know? not the whale <laughs> congestive yeah. heart failure but i mean really fucking cool movie like it, it made me like tear up and, so, and like kind of start crying like the dude's like bringing my check because it's like one of those cinema cafes and i'm like like, yeah hey <laughs> thanks man thanks appreciate yeah, yeah. it like because it was just like it was crazy because like Okay, so the main the girl, his daughter is a redhead, and mm-hmm. and she was like yelling at him, and it gave me like PTSD flashbacks to my redheaded girlfriend yelling at me. Oh, your ex. Yeah, yeah and I was like, and I like genuinely emotionally connected with him in the movie for like a minute there, and I was like, damn, dude, I've been there, bro. Like, wow. it, it was fucking cool though, and it was really good and like a very good like redemption story, uh, and it's 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 very kind of uncanny valley just because he's so disgusting and repulsive the whole movie. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of cool, al- like the the whale thing itself is like an allegory in the movie. I'm not going to spoil it or anything for anyone who wants to see it. But it, it's, I highly fucking recommend it. It was yeah. a great way to spend an afternoon. Get you a little edible. Go watch that thing. And you should be like, what the fuck the whole time? Well, another, <clears throat> speaking of movies, uh, one of the rabbit holes I've been down lately was I were, I've been watching every single Harry Potter in order for the first time. Oh, I did that a couple weeks ago. Okay, cool. Yeah. So unintentionally, I, I was just like, I haven't seen him in forever. So I, I saw the first like two and a half movies, and maybe like one here or there, and I've seen bits and pieces, but from like Azkaban on, I haven't seen anything. Like I know, I know nothing about it, and I think it's because like when the movies were coming out, we were growing up, and all the kinds of people that were into Harry Potter yeah. made me not want to watch it. You, you kind of aged out of it for a little bit, aged out and like mentalityed out of it for yeah. a little bit, because that's where I got to. I got to like the third or fourth one. I was like, I don't give a shit about this baby shit anymore. Right. But what was cool is that now going back and watching them as an adult, I feel like I'm getting a lot of the subtext, and I'm getting a lot of like. The social commentary and, sure. you know, how the Ministry of Magic is kind of like a stand-in for the government. And, like, watching them come in and, like, take complete autonomous control and kind of treat Hogwarts like a dictatorship. Right. You know? Yeah. It, just the whole thing of, like, when you when you watch Harry Potter, you can take it literally as, like, a literal story. Or, you know, you can look for that subtext. And yeah, I thought yeah. there was a lot of interesting shit in there. Who the goblins? <laughs> <laughs> we all know who the goblins are. We all know. Or could it be the dragons? Who knows? Yo, here's another thing that was <laughs> that that uh, I noticed. What? And I actually told Bay about it. I was like, "What do you think about this?" She was like, "I never noticed that." Yeah. But um, in the Goblet of Fire, right? They have the four schools that come together, and they all pick one person from each school, right? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the schools is an all female school, and every single event. That chick gets fucked up. Like yeah, the chick, she gets owned. The, the chick just sucks. Fucking and like owned. the whole time, I was like, "Yo, do you think?" And I was like talking to Bay. I was like, "You think Bay or like J.K. Rowling was trying to say like women fucking suck and like can't <laughs> just aren't as good at doing shit like this as men are?" It's actually a trans woman. That's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> the character itself was a trans. She was woman. way ahead of her time. <laughs> but no, I did think it was funny that like just noticing that it was like wow. No wonder people said this was so realistic. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just like real life, man. Yeah, dude. No, I, I mean, yeah, I watched them all, and uh, I again, it was like I don't think I saw the last ones. Them shits get dramatic. Good lord. Well, yo, uh, I just watched. I definitely am not spoiling anything because you've it's definitely been out seen for it years. At this point. Yeah. yeah, it's but you can um, say whatever you want about that. 
I welled up like a fucking bitch when Dobby died, dude. Yeah. Dude, I was yeah. sitting on the couch. This was a couple nights ago. And normally, like, I'm laying in Bay's lap. But I was sitting up, and, like, I had my head on my hand like this, and I was facing away. So, like, she couldn't see me. And mind you, I have no idea what's going on. I've, like, never read or watched any of this shit or mm-hmm. cared. Or cared, yeah. And so I'm watching, and, like, Dobby comes in. He's like, Dobby's with his friends. And I'm like, yup. I'm, like, smacking the dip can. Let's go. I'm like, yes, let's go. And then when the beach scene, when it happens, I just started crying like a bitch. Yeah. But I thought I could muscle through it. I thought it was going to be, like, a quick little, all right, cool. Like, one tear, one Dude, single tear. They're like, they milked that scene. That was, like, three minutes right? of, like, burying Dobby and, like, doing the, <laughs> all the sad music. So, finally, after a while, I couldn't take it anymore. I was, like, the floodgates had opened, and I turned I turned to Bay, and she was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I should have warned you. <laughs> yeah, like, it's so upsetting. She was like, you never cry during movies. Like, I didn't think, you know. She's like, you never cry. And I was like, for some reason, Dobby, like, just fucked me. Of all dude. the things. Destroyed me. I think I saw a tweet about that today. It's weird. The the, the weird serendipitous nature of the universe. But I think I saw a tweet about that very th- scene today. And they're like, yeah. I like to think about how they buried Dobby on the beach and like just some British family like discovering his bloated corpse. Yeah, because like it was a very elf. shallow grave. Like they just kind of they is, just buried him and he's like in a mound. Is that what the Montauk monster is? Dobby. Is that Dobby washed yeah, up? Just washed up corpse. <laughs> All right, that thing is. I think just. What do you think that is? You think that's just? I think that's a pig. It's a fucked up pig. They actually determined it was a uh, raccoon, a hairless raccoon. Oh, that makes sense. And yeah, so if you take a raccoon, all, melt all the hair off. You get and, one of those. And then and bloat it. Bloated, and then some of like the face, like some of the skin and the lips had been degenerated, so mm-hmm. that's why the teeth yeah. show. So they, they, I, they, they're pretty sure it's a raccoon, but... They, they, see, they always, the, even the picture they try, it makes you feel like it's like huge. And you're like, oh my god, what is that? Like something the size of a cow washed like up on a, a beach. Bear, yeah. Like it's a fucking raccoon. That's the funniest thing with cryptids. It's always like usually ends up not being the thing they think it is. Or that they try to claim it is. Yo, I actually saw... It's harder with Bigfoot because Bigfoot's huge. Well, I, I, I was just about to say, I saw high quality Bigfoot footage recently. I remember you saying that. Did I ever send it to the group I don't, chat? I don't think it ever got sent. I don't think I'll even have to track it, it down. Yeah. I think I saw it on Instagram or something. And that's like harder to save. And but Big, it was, Bigfoot yeah. walked up to the camera and spread his ass cheeks open. It looked like a fucking gorilla, dude. Like the way yeah. it was moving and just and it had the amble. It was pretty. It, it was. Uh, did it, it was give you like? Did hiking. it give you chills when you saw it? Yeah, no, like, like it, it that, looked real. Because when something is that real looking, that's like yes. not real, that happens. So it's well, it didn't. It, the reason it gave me chills is because it's a two and a half long, two and a half minute long video. Yeah. And it's this guy just standing behind a Bigfoot. He's like maybe 20 yards away. And the thing is crouched down at the base of a tree, facing the tree, just rustling shit. You can't really see what it's doing. But it's like maybe making something or just fucking around. Maybe it's its nest or it's chilling. Crafting the diamond sword from Minecraft. Yeah, right. Halfway through the video, the bitch stands up and keeps doing shit. And the guy's like, oh, fuck. And he stands back. The thing that gets me, honestly... And this is the dumbest reason to think it's fake. But the reason I think it's fake is because we know Bigfoot lore, and Bigfoot know when you're there. Yeah, they're way, they, like it would. The idea of catching one unaware kind of already kind of makes you like, mm. like what I know about Bigfoot. Yeah, 
Come you on, ain't no. catching that thing unawares. And if it has its back turned to you, it, it like knows you're there. It Maybe would feel cool you. you. It would feel you, bro. Yeah. Like I have to assume most animals can do that. You right. can't. Like, you can't sneak up on an animal. They're they have much higher level of senses than we do. So I I don't know. But if it's convincing, it's convincing. But CG's getting pretty good, dude. It is, but no, nah, this th- it was definitely a real video. I'll have to find it there and was, post uh, it. But um, I don't know. I I I'll drop it. I'll let it go. No, but no, it no. is. It was wild to like actually see some like high quality shit because, like you said, it's always potato phones. But, it's always yeah. like the UFO videos. Like, how the are, fuck like, did you film this on a Nokia, dude? What is this? Yeah, it's always like the all these UFO videos that are coming out now are like from flip phones in Dubai and shit and yeah. like India. And did you I see? Did you the one of the metal sphere? Oh no! What was that? It was like this guy's filming it with his phone, and it's like coming by, and it looks like it looks like one of the the angels from Evangelion. It's just a metal sphere, and it goes by, and like two fighter jets are following following it. What? I don't think it's real at all. Like I doubt. I highly doubt it's real in any way. But that's it, who, so sick. Whoever did the CGI for it did a really good job because it catch looks two fighter jets behind it. That's. Pretty I sick. think the fighter jets may have been CGI too. It's it's, it's that's the thing is that the, that's the fun part about the, that kind of video is like it's really hard to tell. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't tell precisely looking at it. You're kind of like half your brain wants to be like this isn't real, and the other half is like, what did I just watch? <laughs> Yo, I used to have a coworker that was uh, really big into Q. And uh, we love talking cool about guy. conspiracy stuff. Cool yeah. guy. <laughs> well, and he's actually an ex. I'm not. I'm, no, I'm not going to say it. I don't want to. No. But um, he was a Q guy for a while. We used to talk about shit. I kind of think he might have been psyoping me. I'll Oof. just leave it at that. No. Oh. But he came in one day and he was like so. He was like convinced he had seen UFOs and was like, I saw it was like a bunch of dots in the sky in a perfect line just moving across and they just zipped away and i was like i'm pretty sure you saw starlink and we're just high like i don't think they he was like it <laughs> and was they like, moved out of your vision path yeah right like maybe they went behind a tree bud you know yeah, they just zipped away but he, but he was like describing in perfect detail like it was no all these sequence and, and i'm like dude like that's that starlink, starlink. Like, yeah that's like, the I, I remember one. the first night i saw it and i was like yeah oh yeah it made sense it wasn't like oh shit that's aliens I have I've seen a few anomalous things in the night sky in my time though. Oh yeah. Uh, this girl I stayed with for uh, that was like we were kind of dating, but she had a one of these nice apartments kind of over in Manchester. Like they had a balcony and it was like top floor. Uh huh. So you see the sky pretty good. You were kind of above the street lights, so you kind of see a little better. And um, I did see one night. It didn't. I've seen shooting stars before enough times mm-hmm. to know what those look like they kind of have a weird kind of wavy thing around them as they hit the atmosphere because they're burning up and shit sure but this thing was like you could so- kind of see it coming and it it kind of was it was lower than it should have been and it didn't usually you could see them kind of hit something and kind of go like this mm-hmm. like it, it like it, whatever termination point is right um and this thing kind of like like real fucking fast across though versus like usually you just see them for a little bit when they're shooting stars and then they kind of like and then they phase out this thing was like continuous speed like so it was high altitude whatever it was not that high but it was probably higher than a plane and it was just you could see it. it was very clear it was like kind of diamond shaped almost you know it didn't have like a ball characteristic to it or anything like that it was very it was very angular and it like right over her apartment i was like yeah that was weird she's like yeah i see weird stuff out here all the time so the Navy, that's wild. That's super wild. Yeah. And the Navy has been coming out lately 
and like admitting that like yes like we encounter uaps they call them uaps now mm-hmm. unidentified aerial phenomenon right and so like they're coming out and saying it and they're having these experts on joe rogan and releasing these articles and basically what it comes down to is we have like we're still kind of like chimps kind of strapping ourselves to rockets mm-hmm. combustible engines right. and just kind of flying through the air goofy up right and it's only because we are, you know, at such a technological level where we're still like burning resources and doing shit like that. We haven't really like harnessed, we haven't harnessed big energy, like in right. these crazy far off idealized civilizations where they have like halos and can like extract the energy directly from the sun. Right. Or maybe there's even these beings that can like directly feed off like gamma radiation and like they just get energy from existing. And right. sh- I don't know. There's all kinds there's of, like, of yeah, hypotheticals. things for sure. But the big question that all these people talk about is like, what is propelling these things? Yeah. What, what is the propellant you have? Okay. So we have the Bob Lazar thing where it's like element one, whatever. 151 or two. Or I, I don't know. He's got some... some... Sh- Bacardi 151 runs the spaceship. Exactly, right. Yeah. <clears throat> so we got Bob Lazar talking about alien moonshine. Yeah. And then you also have some theoretical physicists that say maybe they're altering gravitational waves. Yeah, that's what um, a lot of people... That that seems like the most plausible thing to me, in a way. And I guess maybe I think the Bob Lazar thing is that this element actually like allows you to like bend the fields around you like that. Weird. Um, I don't know though. I feel like there, there probably is a version of that, but I feel like it, at some point it's like, they just get energy just from the, it's like the Tesla coil idea where like there's energy all around us. Yeah. It's just, you don't have the right device to harness it. Yeah. And yeah. so I guess maybe these devices are just like tapped into whatever like metaphysical thing like maybe they are like we were talking about with Vic last episode maybe they're like phasing in and out of this dimension maybe they're fifth dimensional yeah. beings and they're just that poking are hopping holes. timelines yeah. and they're just yeah. passing through yeah. maybe who yeah. who knows i don't i have no fucking idea but it it does trip me out to start thinking about like how these things could work yeah cuz i always like i always like the kind of con- concept of them saying like something that generated like a counter gravitational field essentially mm-hmm. that allowed it to propel like propulse off of just the existing gravity around it i guess essentially. almost like a north and north end of a magnet how they propel. Yeah yeah exactly so that that always seemed kind of plausible to me uh like having some kind of thing on the ship itself that essentially isolated it and made it weigh nothing cuz it removed that gravity effect gravitational effect from it sure uh, and then, but you'd still need some sort of propulsion system, like a you know, to physically move it. You know, well, and here's that would just release question. it from essentially release it from yeah. gravity. And maybe I'm just like too stoned now. But yeah. <laughs> if you were, if you were to see, this is why, like, it's important to think about the physics and like talk about this stuff. Which I like, am not. I am a fucking absolute. But if you in. made a field, think about it though. If you made a field of anti gravity where yeah. you were essentially weightless or next to weightless, yeah. At that point, your atoms wouldn't, like, I don't know, would would your atoms hold together? Yeah, that's right. And then, you know, like, yeah, would the exactly. ship even, like, function? You know, there's so many just, like, trips. There's out. a lot of questions. There's yeah, a lot of plot holes. Yeah. And I've been getting it. I meant to bring it up last episode. Um, you know, uh, certainly was not prepared for anything last week. So, sure. like, my bad if I, like, you know, was a little clunky or presented things weird. No. Uh, but... I've been uh, 
getting into this idea of syncretism. Yeah, you, you said something. I've seen that word tossed around by you a few times. Yeah, here. I talked about it a little bit on the Magic Arena stream I posted on the Patreon. There's like an hour's worth of me playing Magic and just spouting off. And uh, I was I talked a little bit about syncretism. And basically, it's a philosophical framework that uh, combines all facets of human existence so it's kind of like the idea that like you know we have experts now right we have people who are like climate experts or you know infectious disease experts or mathematicians or, allegedly or <laughs> nutritionists or you know so these people we people get specializations nowadays yeah, where they got a little piece of paper that says they're expert on something ancient people took a much larger approach to the real world sure and so it's the idea that when you understand math and music and medicine and biology and physics and art and dance and theater and you understand all the aspects of humanity the logical the esoteric the artistic and creative the brutal right all of that kind of paints the big the biggest picture of what humanity actually is so that's why you know I try to always tie things together you know like i'll say like oh this thing in quantum is actually what hindus say reincarnation is right right so if i were just a hindu i would only be exposed to the reincarnation idea whereas when you study quantum and the inverses and the infinities and the opposites you're like oh maybe we are a shared consciousness coming back and living different lives like the gnostics said like the Hindus say is reincarnation, but it's just a different phrasing for there's it. also yeah. ontological mathematics that that can kind of point to this. So it's like you have to take a big picture approach to really get the full picture of anything, which is why I think like uh, physicists and quantum and theoretical physicists and shit like they get led astray because they're only looking at the the universe through their lens. And, like, what does quantum mean to music? What does quantum mean to... Like, we know, okay, right. uh, cymatics. We know about how uh, sound waves can produce wild fucking patterns in, like, sand and water and all Physi these vibrations. Yeah, physical re representations of something that's unseen. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I urge people to just kind of look into, like, syncretism and what that is and, like, just kind of taking that big picture approach to everything, you know, because it is easy to get, you know, stuck in a rabbit hole of like, oh, now I'm really into Austrian economics and that's all you fucking care about. But if you do that, you're going to be an insufferable nerd who knows nothing about how to, I don't know, like write a poem the austrian economics to uh lowering the age of consent pipeline exactly <laughs> but but with the syncretism thing though it kind of goes along with the philosophy of uh joe rogan's talked about on his podcast how uh martial artists they will train in like painting and dance and cooking and farming and gardening and they'll train in all these different other areas because they think that it makes them a better martial artist. They're mm -hmm. like, you know, like the way you paint a fence. It's like the karate kid, the wax mm -hmm. on, wax off. It's right. like the way you paint a fence. It's like that becomes your framework for how you do everything else. And so yeah. I think it's really important and valuable. And that's kind of how I've arrived at a lot of the conclusions I've arrived at is because I try not to take that 
you know, dialed in approach. It's like, I right. try to soak it all in. And so that's why Do some you, of the shit I say might sound off the wall, but it's, <laughs> it's definitely because like I've taken a big step back and tried to understand it for what it is before I've ever really opened my mouth about it. You, you know? view, view it through a lens. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. I don't know. You see, I'm such a dummy with that, like all that physics stuff. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's right. He's right. <laughs> when that's how the scientific abuse can like, you know, kind of occur because we know about how people will fake studies and fake results just yeah. to get published or just to get grant money. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that's a lot of it too, is like, they're just doing their job, quote unquote, you know, and that's what a lot of the flat to earthers, survive in the field. Sure. And that's what a lot of the flat earthers say is that it's like, okay, you can read a textbook that tells you the sun is X million miles away, mm -hmm. but you don't have a ruler. You can't go test that. You have to take yeah. everything that book says on face value. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's merit in that argument. <laughs> I'm not saying that everything you read in a book is false. Yeah, like don't trust anything anyone tells you unless you can go verify it like single-handedly. See, right, that's right. kind of like a wackadoo approach. That, that's just yeah. as wackadoo as believing everything that everyone tells you. I think there's like a healthy middle ground, you know? Well, that's just called like actual schizophrenia is when you yeah. just don't believe anything. You're lying. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> Which I'm almost there. Sir, you have to pay this bill. You're lying to me. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> Um, actually, no, my straw man owes you money. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can you, uh, can my you, legal entity owes you money? Can you I'm tell me can, the state of Wisconsin? Can you tell me who that is? Can you bring Bro. the state of Wisconsin out here to me real quick? I want to interview him so bad. I want to interview Daryl Brooks <laughs> yeah, so bad. Get a, a jail interview going. And it wouldn't be an interview as much as just like a tirade. Just like we would just like ask like two questions and just let him go. It'd be cool. It'd be very, very thought-provoking i'm sure oh yeah very high iq takes coming out of that man hell yeah <laughs> well dude i um yeah i've sovereign citizens i actually like went back and watched some of those recently it was like some guy some annoying dude like breaking them down and kind of making fun of them which it's like there's an aspect with that stuff where i'm like well no i feel like yes the you know the bureaucracy of policing and ticketing and is a little egregious sure but, like, also those guys are retarded, a lot of them, a good percentage of them, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, you watch them, how they act in videos, because the the, the real issue the guy was calling up was really, like, the information network that gets distributed amongst them mm -hmm. and how they react to things really is the problem versus, like, not just the ideas of sovereign citizenry, you know. Like, uh, what's that guy you always want to play his videos, maritime admiralty law stuff. Uh, oh, What's uh, his fucking name? I can't remember. Is it William Cooper? It's not William Cooper. It's somebody oh, else. No, I, I can't know. remember. It's on the tip of yeah, my Yeah, I can't tongue. remember it for the life of me. Jordan Maxwell. I think that Jordan might be Maxwell, it. Okay, yes. yeah. So, so like, and it, his videos are very concise and like succinct, and they make sense, you know, when you hear it. But these guys, it's like they all play a game of telephone with each other. So they end up with like these urban legend type things that aren't real. Right. That they like spout out, you know, and like they're saying things like, I don't want to. I don't want to enact any violence, guys, and I don't want you to get violent. And it's like, well, if you don't listen to the cops, like they're probably going to get violent at some point. I don't know, bro. Like you saying that isn't like a catch-all shield to keep that from. But they, though, they say the things with such conviction. Yeah. You know, and it's like because they all like get together on forums and all have like cooked up this thing. Well, and it's because they fall victim to, like we say all the time, is like 
they just think the world operates like it should. They think, therefore, they are. <laughs> exactly. Like, and yeah. so, you know, like like you said, like there might be some merit to, you know, some of the things that they're saying. Yeah. But if a cop wants to take you down, he's going to take you Sorry, down. Sorry, bro. Yeah, it's that's like going to happen. They always say, too, hey, look, you can beat the rep or rap. What's it? The rap you sheet? You beat the rap, yeah. You can beat the rap, but you can't beat the ride. Yeah, true. So... <laughs> A lot of times, like, if, if someone's just coming at you, like, sometimes you just got to suck it up and be like, waltz. let me uh, let ticket. me just escape the situation with my life. Yeah. And and then go from there. It's just fucking funny because they always, like, do the thing where they roll the window all the way up. Or they barely crack <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, they do the crack. Well, once they get... Once they get I'm the traveling position, freely. Once they get to the position where they don't want to talk. Like, the guy, I think, that they were arresting in this one, he literally was like... I think he's the famous one where he starts screaming like a little girl when they finally pull him out. And, like, he's, like, a really well-known one because it's, like, the f- one of the funnier ones. Yeah. And, like, he's, like, sitting there and he has the window all the way up. And he's just, like, well, I don't, you know, the guys, they're, like, asking. He's, like, I don't like to be questioned. I'm not going to be questioned, blah, blah, blah. And he's, like, are you going to break my window? And he's, like, and they're, like, yeah. <laughs> he's, like, don't break. And then they just smash the glass. Yeah, I know what like, you're talking about. Yeah. And he's, like, ah, ah. <laughs> like, screaming like a little girl, dude. It's so insane. I love it. Yeah. It's crazy. A lot of those YouTube videos are definitely, like you said, are people on forums who've like gotten their own echo chambers, concocted this little fantasy that they live in. It's it's usually a bunch of crackheads and meth heads, uh, yeah, or heroin junkies that like don't have licenses. They yeah, got beater yeah, cars yeah. that don't have inspection. Notice you don't stickers. have tags on your vehicle. Like and at they're all. like, I'm actually a free sovereign. Um, I'm just traveling. I'm, I'm not. Just, con- I'm not. I like this the one too. The Constitution says I can travel unimpeded. I'm not conducting business. So I don't know. And she's like, I'm not asking you that. (laughs) But here's the crazy part. If you actually look that law up. I mean, we've talked about this before. If you actually look it up, you only need a driver's license to conduct business on a highway. Yeah, but they don't don't fucking care about that. They don't fucking care. Well, And here's a crazy roundabout thing that people, you know, might overlook is that when... When they write you a ticket, according to this Admiralty Maritime Law, like sovereign citizenship, when they write you a ticket, they're, again, their argument, they're writing the straw man a ticket, a legal entity, because it's a mini lawsuit. They're basically giving you a court fine because you broke a law, which is actually breaking like a corporate, it's like a corporate infraction. Yeah, yeah. You know? So really, that's what they call it. They call it an infraction. So you're, you've broken your contract, right? You've broken your contract with the state. You know, when you were born... You're supposed to be a good boy. You're supposed to be a good boy, so you broke the contract. We're going to sue you now for the fine, right? And right. so that's their argument. If you think about it, you need your driver's license to do business because when you're driving, like, that's you're, you're on their road, you've basically consented to playing by the rules right you've already consented like when you get on the road because they built it's like the roads. that's corporate property yeah, they built the roads it's like going into walmart stealing from walmart and saying like this, this isn't is... walmart property shut up yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's like they're a private entity they're a private corporation and we know corporations protect their money yeah. so police protect the money they're yeah. all about the capital class and the capital yeah it's which mainly is about revenue they, yeah. they're always generating it's always, revenue yeah, it's like been that. about revenue it always has been but you know when you think about it, it the sovereign citizens are wrong you actually do need a, a driver's license because when you're driving, you are conducting business. I don't per like the, it either. The contract. I, I don't like it either, bub. Yeah, I don't like it either. <laughs> you know? but it is what it is. And then when you speed or you fuck up, they get to sue you. Yeah. Because there's actually in the Constitution, a corporation cannot sue a man. 
Like a man can sue a man, that's civil lawsuit, and then corporation can sue a corporation, right? Well, how is it that the state can extort you for money in the courts? It's because they made you a legal entity. So you show up to represent the legal entity. You think that you are getting a fine, but in reality, they've made you a corporate entity so that the corporate state can sue the corporate you because it's unconstitutional for a corporation to sue you, the sovereign. So that's that's the argument, right? Now, I I always find those those like that kind of stuff just so interesting. And again, like it gets a bad rap from like these coked up maniacs who don't want who don't want to talk to the cops. Yeah, right. But uh, man, I had you know I was out of town for a couple of days, and I had to um, I, I was in my hotel room, kind of stuck there, and. I watched a heaping dose of normal television. Oh shit! What like the cable? F- what the fuck is going on there anymore? It, you know the like bottom of the barrel. So we had, like deadliest catch. And that was like peak reality television, right? Sure. Like that kind of made sense. It was like a really interesting, really dangerous job. Like it had drama. It had action. Like they've trawled the barrel so far down now that like there was a there's a whole show. I think it's either on History or Discovery. It's probably Discovery, actually. And it's just about guys who clean shit clogs out of sewers. They follow plumbers around? It's not even plumbers. It's like the guys with the trucks and the honey hose. And the roto-rooters and the shit. And they just shit, like, yeah, and it's like... They, they try to do, like, the same level of drama. Like, the dude has, like, this fucking thing that's, like, for blowing the clog. It's like they do a cut, and it's it's like, here's Bill, the foreman. It's like, well... I've never seen turds like this. I'm since not 86. even fucking kidding you. It's like literally like really? that. It's literally like that. That's like, insane. This is a real big clog down here in the sewer. If we ain't careful, we'll blow the line and right out of this pipe. And he's like, I'm gonna put the big gun down there and we're gonna put the truck into full power. We never use full power. And I'm just like my brain is like melting out of my ears as I'm watching this. Just like, <laughs> what the fuck and is boomers this? are eating it up. Yeah, dude. like I dude, they're just at home like looking like the whale, just like, Oh my <laughs> god. Better get that shit out of there. Best get that fucking shit out of there, man. I wonder if Bill's gonna do it. Are the can uh, he do God, it? Are the thousand pound sisters the TLC t- thousand pound sisters? Yo, I've only seen memes. I can't believe that's an actual. It's an show. actual. I always thought it was like just a one off they did that was like turned into a bunch of memes, but like the legit show with the fucking hogs. That shit's crazy. Well, I think it's one of those things to where they normally a show will only run a season or two. They're just throwing shit at the wall. And then when the memes stick, they're like, okay, we can milk this. Like Honey Boo Boo, you think there's any reason to still have Honey Boo Boo on a TV? No, there was never was. I think Mama there Judy never got was hot. Was. Dude, Mama Judy got Did she hot. Get... Oh, yeah, that's right. Bro, Didn't they lose seen... a bunch of weight? Yeah, hold on. Let me see. Or, oh, yeah. is Judy or June or something? Mama June, I think it is. Yeah, big, let me, let big... me search her real quick. That's a big bitch. I guess not anymore. Don't make me get horny for Honey Boo Boo's mom. That lady was classically very unattractive. Dude, look at this glow up. What the? Hey, she's like a. She's actually like a six now. She's looking pretty. Yeah, she's like a five or six. Tra- you know, but look at those arms. She's, she's a Trailer Park Eight. She's a Trailer Park Eight. Definitely Trailer Park Eight. There's a Trailer Park Eight right there, dude. Look, she cleans up in that. Damn. Fucking, yeah, that's she actually kind of crazy, man. Oh, it's a wonder what money can do for some people, bro. 
Yeah, what money and makeup and, and, and CGI makeup. can do. Dude. This is for People Magazine. <laughs> they just, airbrush. That's the just an AI rendering of her, dude. That's all that is. That's not even her. <laughs> dude, but notice how the AI still rendered the, I, the lazy eye. <laughs> yeah, I really like the idea of her like she finishes the photo shoot, takes it all off, and turns back into the picture on the left, like Cinderella. It's like the opposite of the whale. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> just like goes back to that. the opposite of Brendan Fraser. It's like uh, it's like uh, what is it? Oh God. I guess it'd be like the mask or something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm too high for this. I'm too high to come up with a good analogy. Oh, no, no, no. Nutty Professor. Nutty Professor. Nutty Professor, Dude, where he gets fat again. I have not thought about that. That's movie. what it is. Nutty it's Professor. So That's what I was long. trying to think of, dude. Back when Eddie Murphy really made cinema. Yeah. I did. I heard, yeah, no. I love Beverly Hills Cop, though. You can't beat those movies. <laughs> you can't beat those goddamn movies. But, I was more of a Beverly Hills Ninja fan. Oh, there's, there's, that's great too. Don't Chris Farley versions. Yeah. Bring that back, dude. Oh yeah. I'll give it a couple years, man. Don't fucking rehash it, bastards. But um, yeah, I've been doing a little, uh, trying to do some little research uh, into our, you know, the. I want to expound upon our ever prolific and evolving series of bad things the CIA did that we like to talk about, please. And uh, so I was looking into Gladio, uh, Operation Gladio, and it became known as that. Mainly because it came to light uh, in the 1990s, uh, or 1990, I think, specifically, um, where the Italian parliament had a hearing and their prime minister revealed that there wasn't, because there was like a... one? Sure. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. There was like a series of terror attacks that happened in Italy Uh from the left and the right uh, there, and um, it actually kind of brought evidence of this these paramilitary trained groups um, that they were actually part of this program that NATO and the CIA and a couple others put together to create these stay behind groups, which you see a lot of your like fascist groups in Europe and neo-Nazis and stuff that have kind of rose to prominence Mm -hmm. all kind of directly came from these NATO stay behind programs. Really? So they're like astroturfing these far right groups that into existing essentially giving they laid them, the groundwork years ago decades yeah, ago to give them like the means and motive and ability to do these things Jeez. and a lot of them uh it was all throughout europe eastern europe and um stuff like and it was a lot prominent in the countries like that were near the iron curtain and stuff mm-hmm. because that was where the invasion would come from you know if it initially started it was going to come from that, you know, close to there. So, like, Belgium, they, like, most notably, the two most notable, like, NATO stay-behind groups that had, like, a lot of influence and, like, early, like, people really knew about was NATO, uh, was Belgium and Italy. And Italy just because it got so out of hand there that, like, their groups were doing, like, full-on terror attacks and shit. And um, they they tried to credit... The, the main issue with the Italian one was is they were like, they figured out essentially from that revealing of Gladio, mm-hmm. which was just what was just the name for the Italian one, but it became a catch all phrase for all of these like stay behind groups. Gotcha. Gladio is Italian for sword, if just so everyone knows. And, um, that's what I call my dick. <laughs> a little, it's a, I got a Gladius stick, you know, it's a little <laughs> short, kind of wide, short and wide. It's, it's, very very sharp pointy at the very end very thin very <laughs> razor thin <laughs> razor thin like <laughs> <laughs> it looks like the front end of one of those like sawtooth sharks you know yeah, right. that you got the teeth and everything but uh i'm sorry that was crude no that was great um i love it um but yeah so they they started uh the cia would provide these guys like there'd be like groups that be given they'd given like a trunk full of like basically the DOS of like how to start like a counter ops group or like you were there to help lead the current sitting government. Like if, uh, 
Russian overthrow happened or a communist uprising happened in your country, you could lead like the government out and start a government in exile. So it's kind of like, you know, the whole guise of, you know, we're spreading freedom and democracy, but we're doing it through right wing extremists. Well, that, that was like always the CIA's MO was like any means possible. That's why we funded the jihadis. Like as long as we're countering communism, they funded death squads in Colombia. They funded like, yeah, you, yeah. Na- you fucking name it. They did it. I mean, uh, even fighting the Sandinistas in Nicaragua, they funded a bunch of right-wing paramilitary death groups. Uh, and that's where the crack epidemic came from. Yeah, the, the El Salvadorian yeah. child armies, where they, they basically sent like army rangers down there to give ranger training to groups of children in like loincloths and gave them fucking guns and told them to like go into the woods and just kill every fucking commie you could find. Yeah. You know, like just brutal. Like that's And that's where actually Mara Salvatruce, the MS-13... And their brutal tactics they still use today. That's kind of the tradition of that comes from that. Because, like, the OG Mara Salvatruce guys were trained by these U.S. commandos no in shit. brutality. Yeah, like, that that gang formed up out of those, out of that stay-behind operation, essentially. That Damn. level of terror and fucking shit that they do. And now you got Trump being like, they're sending over the rapists. <laughs> the rapists that we made. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, wow. even with the cartels. I mean, look at Fast and Furious. Yeah. We let guns walk down there, and now you got a guy shooting a bear at a fucking plane. You know, it's like, it never ends with, like, the meddling, the eternal meddling, and you're looking like, again, like, all the money that's kind of going out of the door to Ukraine right now, that stuff is just proliferating that area of the world right now. Like, the, oh, the weapons, course. the weapons are being sold to jihadis in Afghanistan. You fucking name it. Like, there's there's... There's a lot of groups that are going to be trouble in a few years, probably, who are getting armed the fuck up right now. Well, isn't that kind of how the machine just kind of keeps itself running? It's like, while our eyes are over here, yeah. we're kind of just kind of throwing, again, throwing shit at the wall, seeing what sticks, the- arming different groups and stuff, and then they become a problem. And then we got to deal with that. And then to deal with them, we got to give other people guns. And then 20 years later, they become a problem. And it's it's just always the same cycle. Self-fulfilling prophecy ever since, what, like Korea and, and Vietnam? Vietnam and yeah, stuff. even actually, I'd say even World War II with China, like we helped the Maoists in World War II a lot. Yeah, because they were there to fight. We because they were having beef with the Japanese. Oh, so we were like, hey, come on, and the rape of Nanking and all that stuff. That's true. That yeah, shit was like fucked. we we were oh, we actually helped prop Mao up. Like that was us, you know. Yeah. And, and then like the Bolsheviks were. Uh, I think there was like I want to say it was German intellectuals or maybe it was French, German and French groups that propped up the Bolsheviks initially and gave them like the gold and the money to head over to Russia and kind of kick off their little revolution. Yeah. I, I might, that I'm a little murky on some of that stuff. I'm reading actually a really good memoir right now called always with honor by Pyotr Rangel. Uh, and he was a general in the Russian army when the revolution kicked off and he became one of the key guys and leaders of like the, one of the armies in um, like the anti-communist forces yeah. that tried to hold the revolution back. And it, they eventually failed um, because he couldn't convince the guy who was like leading the counter-revolution to like not do this doomed charge on Moscow. They were like, dude, we're going to die. <laughs> like, and they, and went they for got it. killed. Yeah. yeah, But it's really, fu- it's crazy kind of like seeing the climate and stuff there because the, the social climate there very much parallels a lot of like kind of what's like the first two chapters of that book you feel like you're kind of reading what's going on here almost. Really? And In this a way. And talking about when? Uh, 1917, like right around when the Revolu- Russian Revolution kicked off. Wow. Yeah, and um, it's fascinating to, like, some of the stuff that was, like, the parallels and, like, the way um, they, he talks about the pogroms and, like, when they were going on, they're, like, once, like, authority kind of broke loose and the czar abdicated, like, people just kind of started, like, fucking shit up. 
Yeah. And like kind of taking whatever the fuck they wanted. Uh, and like he was, he was part of like trying to keep order. Like he, like you know, he's in the street and he had his men with him, and they like stopped some guy from like looting someone's house, and he's like, make sure that guy gets fucking shot. And like you know, like because that was kind of because it was a military person that was doing it. Because like a lot of the sailors and stuff became part of the Red Guard. That was like the Red Terror group that was killing everyone during the revolution. Essentially, mm-hmm. they fucking joined up with them and just started like you know going ham, uh, raiding countrysides, and a bunch of the rich people who weren't like involved in the government or the military or anything like fled to Crimea to get away from it, and they all had like estates out there, and uh, and eventually the Red the Reds made it out there and like Wrangle himself got captured one night and almost got executed. Like uh, apparently the place he was at, like uh, they just executed like a hundred fucking people like right there while he was there. Cause he got caught by some red guard guys. Mm-hmm. And then the guy like, who's the head of him? He was like, why are you here? And he's like, you know what? And he was like, what are you guilty of? He's like, I was hoping you'd tell me that. Cause they just came to his house and arrested him. And he was like, I know what you've done. I know your crime. You're under arrest. That's what they would do to people. Mm-hmm. And so they took him and held him and his wife followed along. Cause she didn't want to leave her husband alone. Cause she probably knew he'd probably fucking die. And uh, the guy who was like the head of the entire, the tribunal who basically was like, you die, you get shot, you go to the wall, you know, he was like, he asked him why he was there. And he's like, I don't know. And then the guy's like, asked his wife. And she's like, I just want to be my husband's side for the rest of my life. And she's like, so that's why I came too. And he's like, your wife has saved you this night. Now get out. <laughs> like, and he was like that close to just getting murked. And if they, if they had murked him in the beginning, there might not have been like any fucking resistance to the Bolsheviks. Really? At any point. Yeah. That's crazy. Because he was very, in, very, very much a huge part of like mounting the resistance. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild. It's a good, it's a good fucking book. Well, I'm glad <clears throat> I have friends like you to read books for me yeah. and tell them to. I'm here to help. I'm here to yeah. help. Yeah, but yeah, the Gladio stuff. So that's basically that was NATO affiliated, right? Yeah, specifically a NATO thing to again, like it was to counter a potential Russian, like full over the wall invasion. Yeah, which they all thought was going to happen. Which it, in hindsight, it's like, yeah, that wasn't going to happen. You know, they were barely keeping it together half the time behind the Iron Curtain. Like, it was, like, a lot of trouble still for a good bit there. But, uh, you know, it was just that level of fear after World War II because they hadn't even really gotten into the full swing of the Cold War yet. It was, like, pretty initially early on that they were like, no, we just have to make sure because they almost always knew the sheer force that was the Russians. Watching them do what they did to Germany, they're like, mm-hmm. better make sure. I think there's always a line. There was a line. I think it's General Patton. And he says... I think we ended up fighting the wrong guys in this war. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, there's a line. I don't know that. And that could be one of those things where they edit stuff. Yeah. You know, like someone just made that picture and said it was Patton. That but if I'm not mistaken, I think that was something he said. Where, you know, because the Russian threat. I think he thought the Russians were a bigger threat. True. Than Germany was. Like, Germany had ambitions. But a lot of that stuff, the reasons they were doing that was because of, like, the genocide going on and stuff. Like, the re- like the real big reason. So maybe Patton was a Nazi, though. I think Patton was. Might, he a sympathizer? Patton might have been a sympathizer, yeah. I mean, uh-huh. we... Technically, the U.S. was until we decided to, like, help Britain. Well, and then... We were honestly, like, we didn't give a shit. We just absorbed a lot, too. I mean, to be quite honest. Yeah, yeah. T- technically, technically, we won. <laughs> you know? Well, and there's all those, like, crazy theories about how, like... You know, America's like the Fourth Reich, and like, uh, I mean, you know, the Vatican still running far shit. off. I guess I would, I would be inclined to say they ain't too far off. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of crazy looking at these power centers throughout history. Right. And, like, tracing, like, who put what where, what's right. being propped up, how is this, like, all shaken out. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, on the well, world stage and you see all this shit happen, I don't know. It's I also think what it did is it's it, it shifted the world from a multipolar thing of different groups vying for power to a unipolar group, you know, centered the new world, the new world order, what they've always called the new world order. Mm-hmm. All the people who play ball, NATO, and all these other countries that are essentially just like extended hubs of the U.S., you know? And the U.S., the global power that is the U.S. military, essentially. Sure. I I think a lot of it is like that. It shifted the world over to that format. It it allowed for the creation of that format. Especially considering how the petrodollar runs everything. Exactly, yeah. It's it's really... it's, It's... it's incredible, honestly. And, and why are we, you know, notice how we kind of forgot about our initial take on the whole, you know, it, Russia invasion thing was they were breaking away from the petrodollar. They started doing oil deals uh, in the ruble. ruble and, yeah, I think that was part rupees. of it. Yeah. They were doing deals with India and same with Gaddafi. Gaddafi got got because he wanted to uh, have his own currency and stop. You know, and and he was preaching like Pan Africanism and all this shit like that. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, part of, and I think also like, I I think even some of those like Libyan things could even be kind of considered their own kind of gladio operations. Like sure. what went down there and propping up of ISIS and how he almost essentially helped create them. A lot of that stuff. I think that's just the new in the Arab Spring. That's it's just like a new. Well, it's almost like destabilization elsewhere is beneficial to us in their mind. I think it's beneficial to everybody. Sure. Not the people who get eaten up in the meat grinder by it, but it's beneficial to all the people who make all the money off of the wars and the fighting. And you, you fucking name it, you know? Like, the, the how much infrastructure it takes to come in, and this kicks back to the Phoenix program, too, of the looting that goes on after these places get decimated by these wars that we essentially kind of start or maybe help nudge, you know, off the edge of the cliff, you know? And they come in, and these companies like KBR and Halliburton and whoever else, and they come in and rebuild everything and get all the contracts, which is more money, the way the Clintons did Haiti. Looting. That's looting. That's 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 just incredibly sophisticated looting. Sure. You get all these contracts that get paid by the government there. Oh, and didn't BlackRock just get the contract to rebuild Ukraine? Yes, they did, and they're very it, proud of that. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, and, and that's that's guy, Phoenix program. That's and, looting. And their yeah. guy, BlackRock, I think Larry Fink did an interview and he even said the quiet part out loud where he said, "Oh yeah, we're working closely with like JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs. We couldn't have done it without our investors, this that, all this other stuff." And it's like, "You're saying the quiet part out loud." Capital is capital's helping out capital. Imagine that, you know. Pretty much. Yeah. You're making money off having money. Making money off immense human suffering that probably could have, like, if it could have been, like, mostly avoided. And so here's, I guess, a big question, too, that we haven't asked in a while. I guess to kind of tie this whole thing up. Yeah. Is that if the money machine kind of keeps itself going, they're printing their own money, mm. the elites are hoarding resources. Sure. The average folk are getting thrown in the meat grinder. If this machine is going to keep itself going, like we know they have psyops so dialed in, false realities. We already live in, you know, somewhat of a matrix. Right. So 
what's to say it's not all just being presented to us? Like how much of this conflict everywhere is organic or how much of it is like, again, like I, I try not to think that there's like <clears throat> some shadowy, you know, cabal all rubbing their hands, being like, yes, it's all going according to plan. Yeah, but like, it does. Like, in reality, they're pro- it's probably just a bunch of fucked up idiots making fucked up stupid decisions. Yeah, and malice, human nature. stupidity. Yeah, yeah we, you have ideological differences. Human nature, I guess, is to be destructive at times when you're living in a lower vibration. Yeah. So that's why it seems like we're being kept in a matrix, because it's like all this stuff being presented to us is meant to keep us in a lower vibration. Yeah. Like trauma porn online and everything. And, it, and it's almost easier. It's almost like more, um, it makes, on some level makes you feel better about it. Almost believing that it's malice. Like there mm-hmm. is some kind of big evil boogeyman and it's not just all senseless things that happen. Yeah. It's almost like religion. Like it helps you make sense of it. You know, like it, it helps you like almost be like, yeah, that has to be why, like why else would you do it? Right. At the end of the day, why why would we keep it to where you know we can't discover free energy? Why would we keep using Petro? Like why would we keep doing this and that to like make the Earth a better place? You know why it, it, you like you kind of always need to hinge on it like being there's a very evil group of people doing this. You know, yeah, it it makes you feel better about it, and I totally get that. But you do like I do understand like the other side of that coin of having to sit back every now and again and just be like, no, it's just a bunch of fucking idiots, man. Yeah, just a bunch of like power hungry losers who just don't know what they're fucking doing. Because none of us really do. I certainly don't. Yeah. (laughs) I definitely don't. 